This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network. If you're planning your cropping program and seed orders for the 2021 growing season, then our podcast on fungicide resistance in the West and planning for the upcoming season is going to be of help to you. The podcast has been produced by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network, otherwise known as AFRIN. It's a GRDC-supported project to help growers and advisors stay informed about fungicide resistance issues. To discuss the latest in resistance research, I'm joined in the AFRIN studio by Jeff Thomas, research scientist with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, Western Australia. Jeff, thanks for joining us. No problems at all, Drew. Good to talk to you. Jeff, we're talking about fungicide resistance now because growers are starting to think about ordering seed for the upcoming season, which raises considerations of variety selection and also fungicide treatment. Fungicide treatments have always been a simple go-to for protecting emergent crops through the wet months, but I understand the message from Afrin is that there's a bigger picture to consider. Yeah, look, Drew, absolutely. I mean... Fungicide seed treatments have have their place, both for managing you know, seed-borne infections such as smuts and bunts, and there are products that are registered for that use, but also there are seed dressing and in-furrow fungicides, which are able to provide some season-long or uh, systemic protection from a number of foliar diseases. And so, obviously, growers are looking to how they can incorporate those into their disease management program. Should we maybe take a step back then, Jeff? Simply, what is fungicide resistance? Fungicide resistance is pretty much as it says. I mean, what we're talking about is a change which is present in the, a particular fungus that means that it isn't as affected by a fungicide which you may be using to kill it or diminish it. So quite simply, we're talking about a genetic change in the fungus which means that the fungicide doesn't do the job that you might expect. Jeff, does it affect all crop types and all fungal diseases? So pretty much most diseases, I guess, can suffer from fungicide resistance. There are some that maybe are less likely. But in our cropping circumstance, I guess there are some diseases which are more susceptible to developing fungicide resistance than others. Jeff, how do seed treatments specifically feed into this pattern then? What have you got to be looking out for in terms of seed treatments? I think that the thing to remember about seed treatment, if you put a seed treatment on to manage a foliar disease, for example, using a SDHI chemical to manage a spot form of net blotch in your barley, that represents the first shot of fungicide for that crop. And so it's important to remember that at seeding, you're actually applying your first shot of fungicide to that crop. And so that's something to factor into your understanding of what the management that's already happened for the disease in that crop. Well, in regard to certain crops being resistant in specific areas, what are you experiencing in the West? Certainly. Look, um, in WA, the first broadacre crop that had some problems with uh, fungicide resistance was barley with powdery mildew in barley. That's been present in Western Australia for 
10 or so years. So DMI fungicide resistance in barley powdery mildew. The situation that you're referring to with uh, net blotches is that in the last few years, DMI resistance, so azole fungicide resistance, in both spot and net form net blotch has been discovered in Western Australia. And then in 2020, there was a discovery of the first case of resistance to an SDHI fungicide in spot form of net blotch in Western Australia. So you've got a few things going on in the West. What can farmers do to minimise the risk of fungal infections and their reliance on fungicide seed treatments? Well, quite simply, the best approach is to is to integrate a, a number of approaches in managing disease. So fungicide is, is a really important component of any integrated disease management program, but it's not the only component. And so in terms of if we choose a disease like a spot form of net blotch, which we know is a stubble-borne disease, then obviously circumstances in which you can reduce exposure to the stubble-borne inoculum either by rotating away from barley stubble, so not sowing barley onto barley. If you're sowing barley onto barley and and agronomically or, or in your circumstance it works, then looking at potentially some form of stubble management to reduce the stubble load on that paddock choosing varieties with better resistance. Not necessarily in the term of spot form net blotch, we don't necessarily have resistant varieties, but less susceptible varieties which reduce the disease pressure. Things which reduce the disease pressure, reduce the favourability for the disease, means that if you're putting less pressure onto your fungicide when you use it I mean it's not becoming the sole tool in your toolbox. You make a very pertinent point there though Jeff that it's a range of approaches so any of those other suggestions there they don't actually replace fungicide seed dressings or in furrow treatments it's a combination. Yes, absolutely. In some circumstances, if your variety has a level of resistance, which means that the disease doesn't reach a yield-limiting level, then the requirement for fungicide may be removed. But in many cases, yes, these things don't necessarily totally remove the requirement for fungicide, but can mean that you have a lesser requirement for repeated fungicide applications or that you're not putting significant pressure in terms of high disease levels for the fungicide to try and manage. Jeff, what about when the seed's actually in the ground? What can growers then do to minimise the risk of promoting fungicide resistance? Once the seed's in the ground, you've committed to the variety, you've committed to the paddock that you're in, then of course it comes down to obviously, firstly, monitoring the paddock to know what level of disease you have in that paddock spraying fungicide if needed. There's no need to spray a fungicide if there's no disease or if disease is unlikely because you're not going to get a return on investment. And I guess the other component then is managing your fungicide program to ensure that you are rotating fungicide modes of action or fungicide ingredients so that you're not using repeated doses of the same mode of action one after another or within the same season. So Jeff, what's the long-term outlook for fungicide and fungicide resistance? That's a really good question. I mean, I think whilst ever we are totally reliant on fungicide to manage diseases, then we are always at risk of developing fungicide resistance. For the crops in which we have identified fungicide resistance, then I guess it's around then looking to reduce the pressure associated with that. So in in terms of if we know that uh, there is a certain mode of action which has, for which resistance exists, to minimise the use of that mode of action, to make sure that we are rotating our modes of action to reduce the selection pressure on the fungicide, 
And I guess as new varieties become available that may have, have improved resistance, then growers will start to take those varieties up to reduce the disease pressure and the requirement for those compromised fungicides. Jeff, there's a lot of information to take into account when dealing with fungicide resistance. Where can people go to find out more detailed information? There's a number of uh, sources, but uh, with reference to today's discussion, I guess AFRIN, which is the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network, but AFRIN has been established to promote information regarding fungicide resistance, management of fungicide resistance, understanding of fungicide resistance. So certainly there's information through local plant pathologists and such, and then through the uh, the internet at the AFRIN website. And Jeff. What's the address for the Afrin website? Afrin.com.au, basically. Jeff Thomas, research scientist with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, Western Australia. Thank you for joining me in the Afrin studio. No problems at all. Thanks a lot, Drew.